to Psalm 78. <coughs> if you notice, I got a little tickle in my throat. And if it bothers you, it doesn't bother you half as much as it bothers me. So we're all going to just deal with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 78. We uh, Let's read it together from verse 37. We want to do a little bit of review here tonight and just feel like uh, God's going to have something for each one of us. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh. A wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God, limited the Holy one of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. God bless you. You can be seated. I think a lot of times we make one of the greatest mistakes we could possibly make. Appreciate a lot of the testimonies about trying to remember what God has done for us and how he's changed us and all the great things he has worked in our lives. It's, it's hard to even fathom after a while just how powerful God moved in our lives to get us from where we were to where we are. <clears throat> but you know, a lot of times as we start moving on in God and we look at all that he's done for us, and, and, and that's really a great part of testimony service. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. We ought to be excited about it. We ought to thank him for it. We ought to share it so that it inspires others and builds their faith when they're going through trials. But a lot of times we make a grave error by thinking that it's really centered around us. It's not. I've told you before, it's, it's an easy mistake because God, you know, he treats us like this whole world revolves around us. He treats us so good and does so much, but we've got to have our life revolve around him and not us. We think too much about our own needs and not enough about what he desires. We think so much about our own feelings and our own emotions and everything we're going through. But when I read scriptures like this, I start thinking about what we put him through. Amen. Say, oh, you know what? I was on a bad path. Don't you know that breaks God's heart? Don't you know he's full of compassion and love towards us? Bible says they provoked him. They grieved him. They tempted him. He's just a good father. He's just a good God. He wants to bless us and he wants to guide us. And he, just like... A good parent gets frustrated when he's got something good. And our stubborn, rebellious ways reject that and say, I'm, I'm fine without that. You don't know what you, you're doing to his heart, his feelings. Amen. You know what it's like to feel hurt. You know what it's like to feel the, the 
the rejection, if you will, and, and all the, all the sorrow of, of when, when people turn their back on you, or, or people don't trust you, or people talk bad about you, or lie about you. Listen to me, our God deals with that every day. That's why I think this is exciting to get together in church. I think this, it's exciting, not because of what I get, but what I can give to God. That, the God that hears his name being blasphemed all around this globe. He sees the filth. He sees the, the, the people that he loves just, just reject him day by day. What a blessing it must be when a group of his children get together and just focus on how awesome he is. Just forget about give me, give me, it's all about me. And just say, God, you're so good. <laughs> That's why it's so important that we, when we testify, you know, we, we don't get up and, and, and talk about how good we are. Amen. We give God the glory. Amen. We give God the honor. To get up and, and say, you know what, I got a couple uh, minutes here that I want to use to, to express how great my God is. Do you think that blesses him? Do you think after all the people that are lying about him, all the people that are blaming him for all their problems and, and, and turning their back on him, don't you think it, it's a blessing to, to hear you say, hey, God, you're so good. Let me tell everybody who listen how good he's been to me. He's my healer. He's my provider. I would be lost and on my way to hell. I might be dead today or in prison today if it wasn't for a great God like him. Amen. That's why I appreciate folks. You say, well, I don't have a lot to say. I, you know what? Thank God. It doesn't have to be real elaborate, but I think it blesses God. Amen. To just be able to say, you know what? Let me say it one more time. God's been good to me. Amen. Hallelujah. His children here. Paul talks about it. Believe in Second Corinthians about they were an example to us. Sadly, on how not to be. They're a bad example. And the Lord said, learn from their bad example. They provoked God. They tempted him. You understand what that's saying? God's saying, I want to bless you. And I want to be patient with you. And I know you just flesh a wind that, you know, it, it just uh, uh, passes away and comes not again. Oh, but I'm telling you, you're getting close. You're tempting me. You're tempting me. There's a time he goes to uh, Moses and says, you know what, Moses? Just get out of my way and, and I'm done with this and I'll, I'll just take them all out. You can have babies and I'll raise them up and lead them into a promised land. Thank God for an intercessor. Thank God for somebody who prays and says, you know what, God, that's, they're going to, uh, they're going to talk about you in, in Egypt. They're going to talk about you in Canaan and say, you let us out and you couldn't keep us. So, uh, just have mercy on us one more time. Amen. Bible says they provoked him. They grieved him. Because they, they limited him. Again, think about this. Here's a God that says, I want to bless you. I want to work through you. I want to show this world how great that I can be to them through you. 
you know, just back off a little bit, God. What? Uh, I mean, we're out of Egypt. Isn't that good enough? How sad it is. That when God says, I got a plan for your life, I want to do amazing things in your life and through you so that others who are lost like you were can see me working in you and say, I want to serve that God too. And we limit God. We limit God. And therefore, like I've been telling you, we limit ourselves. God wants to fill us up. Thank God for these great testimonies of Sister Becca, Sister Madeline talking about just how how it's 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 different. We're filled. Yeah. It's not our personality, Sister Daphne. It, we, it's Jesus in us. Yeah. And as bad as this world is getting, and as dark as it's it is all around us, it's our time to shine. It's our time to, to be that, that kind, friendly, Christian neighbor. That one that will pray. That one that cares. That one that, that will be just like Jesus would be. Amen. But I'm telling you, we could look at this world. We could look at a lot of so-called Christians and say, well, I'm, I'm doing better than that. Well, I'd never, I'd never be like that. That lukewarm person. I'd never be like that backslider. I'd never be like that one full of traditions and, well, good, good, good. What, but what does God want to, want to do in you? What does, what can you be in God? So often, I've preached it different ways. I've talked about an enemy called good enough. Feeling like, you know what, I'm right where, you know, I, I know I'm on my way to heaven. I know I'm saved. Are you filled up? Are you doing better than you've ever done before? Amen. Don't tell me about your problems. I'm talking about your walk, your personal revival. Are you where you ought to be in God? Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Compare yourself to yourself. <coughs> Well, I've been through some things. You can get closer to God going through some things. Well, I'll tell you what, things aren't easy in this world. You're absolutely right, but God's good. When uh, Paul and Silas praised God in the midnight hour and the prisoners heard him, there might as well just be a heading over that chapter that says, you have no excuse. Amen. To, to woe is me and and you don't know understand what I'm going through. Listen, you can have a personal revival in this day in this age. Amen. But we limit God and we limit ourselves. Praise God. I talked about four different things in the last several weeks, several services rather. The first service we talked about limiting ourselves and talked about what the Bible teaches about being stubborn. It it is amazing to me uh, the stories I could tell of preaching where you just know God is God is reaching and God is dealing with somebody and God is is laying it out in in no uncertain terms. It's time to to let go of sin. It's time to, to get filled up. It's time to take that step forward into your promised land. 
They know it. Amen. It's amazing to me. I know I've heard a lot of the negativity. I've heard people, you know, blaming me and blaming uh, the church and blaming somebody. Listen to me. But you know what? When it all comes down to it and they say, you know what? I knew all along. I mean, it's in the Bible, right? You weren't telling me your opinion. And why didn't you change? Stubbornness. Stubbornness. Who can figure it out? It makes no sense whatsoever. Just foolish to be set in your ways. And I, you can't change me. Uh, I could I could talk all night about situations. I remember probably one of the kindest, nicest, uh, as far as personality goes, man that was here when we first started and and uh, never got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And uh, he prayed a few times and. And then uh, and then stopped, and I asked him one night after revival service, just the power of God moving a great way, came up. I said, when are you going to pray again? When are you going to start? When are you going to seek God again? And uh, he said, uh, I don't believe it, and I won't believe it. I said, why? Why, why wouldn't you believe it? Why, why do you come to church? This is what we believe. This is what we preach. This is what the Bible teaches Stuck a finger in my chest that you can't make me. And the only way you can make me, the only thing you can do is kick me out because you won't change me. Stubbornness. For what? For what? Why have a heart so stubborn and not just say, you know what? Show me again what the Bible says. Let me tell you, this is my soul. Let, let me tell you where I struggle. Let me tell you where I where where I I don't uh, understand. Let me tell you, uh, preacher, you, you're reaching for me and you're, you're you're trying to help me. And I know you want me saved, but there's some things you know that that maybe uh, just a little tough for me. Is there a way you can maybe help me through? It's, there's a way to get through your battle. Amen. There's no nothing that's happened to you that hasn't happened to a lot of other people. Amen. You can stand against holiness and say, you won't change me. I'm not trying to change you. I just want to tell you the truth. Amen. You can't make me. I can't make you. And God won't make you. He wants people that are going to be yielded to him. That's why I refuse to have a stubbornness and be lost. You say, well, I'm not lost. I've, I've come this far. They fell in the wilderness. In their unbelief, they hardened their hearts and they fell in the wilderness. I'm not like I was. You know what Joshua said to them? You know what Joshua said when he came in? Remember that great verse? Some of you might even have it up on a plaque somewhere in your house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You read the context. Joshua said, listen to me. You're going to have to make a choice. You can go ahead and look back at Egypt and serve all those gods that God destroyed in Egypt. But he said, you know what? You don't have to go read it. You don't have to go back to, to Egypt to backslide. There's gods in the, in the land of the Amorites right here, and you can start serving them too. A lot of people say, well, I didn't, I, I'm not ever going to go back to the bar. You can backslide on a church pew. I'm never going to go back to those drugs. You can go to hell right from the house of God. Because if you limit God and get stubborn and say, you know what, God, you can only come so far. It's not the preacher. 
Samuel cried out to God. He said, they didn't reject you. They rejected me. I'm just here to tell you what God says, what God's word is. Amen. It's easy. It's convenient to point your finger at the messenger and say, I, I, I don't like it. I, I don't appreciate it. But you're going to stand before God and he's, he's the one who said it. You can be stubborn and not pray. It's your choice. You can make up your mind. Say, I, I'm not going to worship God. I'm not going to give my all. I'll give, I'll give 75% maybe on a good day. Stubbornness. I know God is dealing with people. I know God is working on people. I know if you'll listen and pay attention and have a soft heart, God wants to talk to you. Listen to me. How many have said to me, Maybe some here even today, you're thinking, why doesn't God talk more? Hey, God, the Bible says, he that has an ear, let him hear. There's no shortage. God loves you. God desires to lead you. He said, if you lack wisdom, just ask. I'll give it liberally. But they've stopped their ears, the Bible says. Amen. People want to hear. Smooth things, the Bible says. They want to hear their will. Amen. Help us, Lord. I I felt very strongly to spend a lot of time in review today. Uh, I still have a a fifth point for today, but I might not get to it. I don't know. But we talked about stubbornness. Listen, just just recognize God's awesome. Don't don't fight over the back. Don't fight that battle anymore. Don't try to figure out if God's got knows what he's doing. He's God. Amen. It's in his job description. He knows everything. If he doesn't know everything, some people sometimes ask me, you know, does God know everything? Yeah, that's in his job description. Amen. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He, you just go ahead and say, and you know what else? He cares about you. So just get that in your heart and follow him. Don't be stubborn. I would feel, listen, I've just put it on me. I'm, sounds nicer that way, but it's the truth. I refuse to have stubbornness. I would feel so foolish because I know what my best is capable of. That's why I needed a savior. My best is still going to just be my destruction. Amen. And if I follow this world and this, the enemy of my soul, he'll chew you up and spit you out. The devil loves to make a fool out of people that think they're going to go so far. That's why Jesus said, count the cost. Figure out. He said, you don't want to start this and stop along the way. Somewhere along the line, say it's not worth it. Listen, it's worth it. Don't be stubborn. Amen. I refuse to limit myself by my own stubbornness. I want to just say, God, you lead me. God, you talk to me. Say, well, you know, I think that preacher, you know, the way I think he was talking to me. Well, thank God. That's why we're here. I think he's I think he was talking to me and I think he I don't I didn't like the look on his face when he did. I think he was upset. You got to get past all that. 
Because I'm going to do my best to care about you. You're my friends. And I want to see you in heaven. Amen. But listen, we got to hear from God. Get all these excuses aside. Well, somebody didn't treat me right. It's the world we're living in. Somebody, my friend, I thought was my friend in there. They, they, they kind of said something that, hey, there's, it's going to happen. You got to be saved. Don't let any of that. Well, that really brings me into my second point, the second message. I'm not, I refuse to let others control my attitude. There, there's going to be a time. I'm, I'm going to do my very best. I'm going to tell you this. I hope you believe me. But I'm going to do my very best and pray that God helps me do even better than I'm able to. To help you, to be a friend to you, to love you, to say everything just the best way I can. I'm still going to be fallible. I'm still going to be misunderstood. And that may be my fault. I used to think that if somebody really just... If you love people with all your heart and you stumble in the process, but they know you might have said something, but it came out kind of not the way, best way, you know, like being human. But you did it with a lot, a lot of love. People would think that's that's the most valuable thing in the world next to God's mercy is somebody that cares about me and wants to help me be saved. Listen, I refuse to let somebody else's weaknesses and struggles determine my attitude i'm not going to let that affect me at all listen good people sometimes are going to be misunderstood good people sometimes are are going to do their best and it's still weak amen come on let's be honest communication at its best is very weak amen you you can't you've got to you've got to cut some people some slack sometimes you know, that's been trouble. Let me just be blunt about it. That's been problem for this church. Because we love holiness and we want it perfect or better and we want everything just the way. Cutting somebody slack sounds like compromise. Listen, people doing their best, sometimes you might have misunderstood. Sometimes they might have done something. And, and you know what? They did their best and didn't even realize it. You know I'm telling the truth. So at the very best, there's going to be problems and struggles. Don't hold that against somebody for the rest of their lives. Give somebody the ability. The Bible talks about forgiveness, right? Some of you already know where I'm going with this. But it also talks about forbearance. Because people are people. There's no angels. Amen. Here in the flesh, okay? I believe in angels. He just said he don't believe in angels, man. He backslid already to all those things. We're not angels. Amen. But listen, folks at their best sometimes are going to fail. They're going to say things. Yeah, I mean, don't you? You, you, you got to understand this. If, if you've got family, if you're married, listen. Talking to your children is communication, good folks. And that put aside, 
there's folks that aren't so good. And that they mean to, to, to push your buttons. That's the truth. I hope there's nobody here like that. I don't believe there is, but maybe on your job or maybe somebody in your family, they're looking to excuse themselves. They're looking to cause you to stumble. Amen. They'd love to justify their sin by you losing it. So they do everything they can to provoke you. Don't let somebody control your attitude. Don't you stumble. Don't you act like a like a sinner because and blame it on somebody else. You're still responsible. Amen. You're, we're in a in a dark world. There's a lot of spirits. There's a lot of spirits using people. Amen. Don't don't let that control your attitude. We can't. We cannot be the light that God wants us to be if we are just excited about, if we're bipolar Christians. We're just on, uh, you know, cloud nine is everybody thinks great. God is great. And then something goes wrong on a job or maybe we're not feeling so good. Hey, I want to tell you something. You can have a headache and still be decent. Amen. You might not shout like you once did, but you can still treat people all right. You've been hurt and you've been through some things. Don't use that as an excuse to be moody. Because we got to be a Christian. We got to shine the light. We, I'm telling you, people are going to come in this church and I don't care if you're not in a good mood. You, you ought to have enough of the Holy Ghost to supersede your personality and bear good fruit to somebody. Amen. So, oh, I had a really rotten day. Hey, I want to tell you something. Somebody's on their way to hell and their blood will be on your hands if you show them flesh. When they came to the church, the house of bread, to receive something and see something, they can look at that and say, oh, I can act good when I'm in a good mood and bad when I'm in a bad mood. That's not the Holy Ghost. We oughtn't be so easily just up and down and up and down. Amen. God, give us a consistency. Amen. You know, if you just make up your mind that you want everybody saved, you want everybody to, to know Jesus like you do, so you don't have to punish them by acting funny to them or acting like you cold shoulder to anybody. You just want them to be saved. Amen. Amen. You start thinking maybe they, they're valuable to God. They are. So you treat them that way. Somebody did me dirty. Hey, I'll tell you what. Jesus walked up to Judas and called him friend. Amen. Hey, there's a lot more going on in this world when you're kingdom minded. It's not all rotating around you. You're going to come and you're going to go, but what you do for Christ is going to matter. And you it you can't just do it on on the good days. We can't just wait around and say, "Okay, well, what we'll wait <laughs> to have revival with you." You know, I refuse to let others control my attitude, blame them for my my moodiness. We have difficulties. We have trials, fiery trials of our faith. Don't limit God. Limit yourself by allowing yourself to adopt a poor me mentality. Thank God for a compassionate God. 
I'm not talking about being harsh or cruel when people are going through hard times. We'll pray together. We'll cry together. Amen. It's all right to come to church broken. It's all right to come to church hurting. Amen. That's where you need to be. But when you adopt that poor me victim mentality, don't expect me to, to, to do anything for God. Listen, I've had, I've had a rough road. Listen, God's going to bind up the wound and, and, and take care of your broken heart. And he's going to put something in you to make you valuable. <coughs> We're living in this day, in this world. People think they have it hard. There's something to do, I understand, but but I'm telling you this this idea of entitlement. I can't even, you know, say excuse me uh while I pass by. I've got to just barrel through and and that rudeness and the lack of courtesy and it's all because you know what, you don't know. I'm going through some things. I've got it rough in this life. Listen. Don't let that be your mentality in church. Don't adopt that poor me kind of attitude. I think we uh, Sunday night we we talked about that uh, place where two ways met, but Sunday morning we talked about the need to be renewed. I see people get started and do so good, Amen. Just do everything right. If you're gonna get something from God, you got to do it right. There's a lot of bad. Teaching, bad preaching, bad religion. Amen. A lot of things sometimes people have to unlearn. Amen. Sometimes they've got to kind of get through a lot of stuff. Well, I always thought it was that way, but did you ever pick up the Bible and look it up? Well, no. And then you start finding out, hey, there's there's more to this than I ever knew. And and, and a lot of the things that I, I've always done and always believed, it's not there. Well, praise God. And you come and you say, okay, what does it take? Praise God. What does it take? You want me to come up and, and join the church? No, no, no. That's, you're not going to find it in the Bible. Do you want me to come up and and repeat a prayer after the preacher? Do you want me to go through some kind of confirmation class? No, I want you to repent of your sins according to the Bible. Amen. Turn away from sin. Be sorry for sin. Amen. That's, is that what the Bible says? Yeah. You got to humble yourself and and give it a, get turn away from it. Get, get, turn to God. We got to be baptized. Oh, I tell you what, I was baptized. When I was a baby, they sprinkled me. Amen. They said in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Did they say his name? Let me tell you what, you got to repent of your sins. You got to be baptized, buried with Christ. Every one of you. Oh, I was, hey, listen to me. In Acts 19, chapter, they were rebaptized. You say, hey, I, I'll do it. It doesn't matter. I, I don't like to get in water. I don't like to be in front of people, but I'll do it. I want to be right with God. I need the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost, but it's so hard for me, and I don't understand that. I've never. I, I, my whole family thinks speaking in tongues is 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 nutty. What's the Bible say? I don't like uh, getting in front of people, and I don't like them putting their hands on me. What's the Bible say? You start out so right. Amen. 
You start out saying, okay, what does the Bible say? What's the word say? But you know what? We tell you, it goes on in Acts the second chapter and tells them, and they continued. They continued. God help us. We start so good. Can I tell you something that you got to understand? Starting good isn't enough. Amen. You got to finish good. You got to finish good. The Bible talks about the end of the matter. It talks about how we finish the race. Everything that you have. When, when I repented of my sins, I, 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 that was not. There's, listen, to what a. I was telling my wife this the other day. And, and I, I said this probably 30, 35 years ago when I was back in Lancaster. I said, people think that what I just preached to you about being saved and starting good, repentance, baptism in his name, immersed, being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. People think that Acts 2.38 is pray at the front of the church, get in the baptistry, and speak in tongues. There's a lot more to it. There's a lot of faith that goes into that. There's a lot of understanding of what you're turning from and what you're turning to and what you're burying. What God's doing when he fills you. When I repented of my sins, listen now, that wasn't just the time I came and said a prayer that I was sorry. I adopted an attitude that said old things pass away and old, all things become new. I humbled myself and gave that over and said, that old life now at an altar is dead. And I'm going to carry that understanding with me that every time it tries to rise up in me. We, we quote a lot. Romans, the sixth chapter, talks about being buried with Christ. And he goes on and talks about reckoning yourself dead indeed unto sin. That means there's some times you're going to be in a battle and you've got to think about some things. You've got to recognize, recognize some things. You've got to... Consider that old life now is dead and buried and what the Holy Ghost really means in me today. And you're going to realize you're going to need renewed. You're going to need folks praying with you sometimes. You're going to need that Holy Ghost. Well, praise God. I don't think it's unreasonable at all to say, hey, if you have a prayer life, the Holy Ghost ought to show up. Amen. If you're not praying that the Holy Ghost shows up then we need to look at how you pray. Amen. You spend time seeking God and loving God, and he's going to come by to be renewed. Somebody say renewal. Bible talks about renewed in the spirit of our mind. The Bible talks about the inward man being renewed day by day. Say you started right. How are you living today? Amen. How's God feel about it? That attitude that you had when you came and got baptized, where's that? Where you said, God, I'll just every bit of it. I don't care what you want me to do. You want me to, you want me to let the preacher dunk me backwards underwater and say your name over me. I'll do it. Where's that? You, you need that renewal. That idea that, hey, I'm just going to praise God with all my heart. It doesn't matter. I don't care what anybody hears. I don't care what it looks like. Where's that? 
I'm just going to give my all to God. It's not enough for us to just say, you know what, I I did this, I got what I wanted, now God, I'll let you know if I need anything. Because what happens is our flesh starts getting stronger. Our our That old man, the Bible calls it, that old nature starts to get stronger. We need to renew ourselves in God or you're going to start acting like that old nature. I refuse to live my life on yesterday's understanding of what it meant to be a child of God. Yesterday's experiences, yesterday's victories. I refuse to limit myself by thinking what I did yesterday is good enough. I need to have something up to date. Hebrews 12. I like preaching to you guys. Like cooking for somebody who's hungry. Hebrews 12, verse 11. We're going to just spend a little bit of time on message number 5. Hebrews 12, 11. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. When you're uh, getting punished, chastened, chastised, it's not joyous at the time. Nevertheless, afterward... It yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You read back a few verses, God's saying, listen, if I love you, I'm going to correct you. I'm going to chasten you. It's going to sting sometimes. Recognize when he's doing it, you'll be better off. Stubborn attitudes when God said, well, I'm going to make it through. You can, you know, how children do sometimes. I'm going to keep, I'm not, you can't make me cry. You know, they're going to put their hands back there and try to block you, right? But uh, listen, God's got a plan to help you. Let him help you. He knows what you need. He's not just going to use that, that rod of correction haphazardly. If you can be sensitive to God, if you can be easily corrected, it'd go a lot easier on you. But if you're stubborn, he's going to keep on going more and more into what he has to do because he cares about you. So he's trying to get that peaceable fruit of righteousness out of you. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down, feeble knees, make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men. Amen. And holiness. Amen. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. Verse 15. It's all in this together. Chastisement. What it's producing. Following peace with all men. Holiness. Without it, you're not going to see the Lord. Looking diligently. Where are we looking? We're going to find out we're looking at ourselves. We're searching our own hearts. Examining ourselves. 
Bible says whether we be in the faith. Looking diligently lest any man fail the grace of God. Here's your, there's your answer to eternal security. You can fail the grace of God. Amen. I don't, I'm telling you, you don't have to worry about it if you just go ahead and walk right with God. But look diligently. How does he say you can fail the grace of God? Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. I want to spend a few minutes on talking about I refuse to be limited by being bitter. I, I believe that we... uh we understand some of the things we are talking about. We understand some of you that have started out. I think you already know very clearly that sometimes life can be very difficult, even for a Christian. Amen. Sometimes God is never going to fail you ever, but sometimes people will. And sometimes it's going to it's going to hurt so bad. Amen. Sometimes life is going to lead you in a place that can be so difficult. God's going to help you. You're going to be all right. God's going to help you. God's going to give you everything you need to do better than just survive. You're going to be all right. God's going to help you. He's going to strengthen you. And he's going to work in you. And ultimately, I believe he'll work through you. When you feel like you can't make it, God's going to be there. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. He's there with you. No matter what you face, no matter what you're going through. I've said to you many times, I probably have already said it in this message, that people talk about the... I guess I, I did when talking about the entitlement mentality, this woe is me, pity me kind of attitude that is so prevalent in this world. And I've said many times that, you know, you got to just get get over that and realize some of these things that people just make mountains out of molehills. But I want to tell you, this Bible tells us about mountains, <laughs> real bona fide mountains. I, I'm going to venture to say just about everybody that's here tonight, you're living for God, not because it's always been easy, but in spite of that. You face some mountains. You face hurt that you never thought you'd face. Amen. In a world, we just callous and harden our hearts. We push it down deep and and try to forget about it we self-medicate amen <coughs> we we put on a face and, and 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 keep on going but inside we're dying the bible tells us that we need to be careful we need to look diligently and we need to refuse to allow ourselves to be bitter how? How? Because you're not dealing with us by yourself anymore. And I don't, 
I don't want to say I don't care, but listen to me. It does not matter that maybe your spouse doesn't understand or, 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 or nobody in this world can possibly fathom what you're facing. But you've got Jesus. And you can fall on your face around him and you can cry out to him and he'll be a friend to you. He'll be that one that keeps you from getting a hardened heart. He'll be that one that keeps you from being defiled and losing out on God. He's our only hope because these are mountains in our lives. These are situations that are so far beyond. It's not something that people generally come to church to hear, but sadly, a lot of these feel-good preachers, a lot of these motivational speakers that uh, that quote parts of the Bible won't tell you that sometimes you say you you'll say I I, I knew there'd be trials, but I didn't think that was going to be the case. But see, that's the thing. This Bible's full of trials, like dens of lions and furnaces of fire that are heated up seven times hotter. This Bible talks about when things are ridiculously impossible. But with God, all things are still possible. So your Goliath, your Jericho's wall, your Golgotha, whatever that battle is, it's too much that that Eurachlodon storm we talked about Sunday night. That all hope was taken from them. Jesus is faithful. He's going to be there with you and he'll keep you. That you don't have to. The Bible talks about what they said. They talked about it during that Eurachlodon. They said we were pressed above measure. Pressed above measure. Hopeless. But Jesus was there with them. Refuse to allow this world to harden my heart. And you got to have your mind made up. Because the devil will hit you where it hurts the most. That is true. Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Look at this. You know what was going on? At the same time, Jesus and his 12 disciples are going through the countryside, healing the sick, doing miracles, signs and wonders, demons being cast out, the dead being raised, sick being healed, blind eyes opened, multitudes being fed by a few fish and loaves of bread. While all that's going on, John is in prison. It came to pass, verse 1 of Matthew 11, Jesus made an end of commanding his 12 disciples. He departed thence to teach and preach in their cities. When John heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. I've said this before, but I can only imagine that John sitting in prison 
when I see this, his 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 mind had to be kind of like your mind, like my mind. They're 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 healing the sick. This is everything that I've looked for. This is my whole life was for pointing that Jesus was going to come and do all this. Why am I not a disciple? Why am I not out there with them? I'm in jail. While they're out doing all this awesome work, I baptized him. I heard the voice come out of heaven. I saw the spirit of God descend like a dove. I spent my life telling people, prepare you the way of the Lord. I was preaching while Peter was catching fish. I was preaching while Levi was collecting taxes. I was I, I was preaching before these, anybody even heard of John. This doesn't seem fair. And the man who baptized Jesus, the man who saw the power of God come and rest on him like a dove, the man who heard the voice of God profess out of heaven, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. He said, guys, thanks for coming visit me today. Can you go talk to Jesus and ask him, is he the one? Or should we go look for another? What? Why would he ask them to go talk to Jesus and ask him if he is the one that he... I spent my whole life pointing to the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. When my disciples came to me and said, what are we going to do, John? I said, follow him. I must decrease and he must increase. But now John's saying, did I miss the boat? Did I make a mistake? In prison, in his personal battle where the devil's hitting him. Oh, I want to tell you something. This is why we need to give each other a little bit of latitude, a little bit of slack. Because sometimes your brother or sister might be in that prison that we're talking about spiritually. And I wonder, why is this happening the way it's happening? Maybe I made a mistake. And doubt starts hitting John, right? Art thou he that should come or do we look for another? Jesus answers in a way that really, I believe it resonated in John. I believe he recognized just what he was saying, but still, it's not a super clear answer. Listen to what he says. Go and show John again those things. Tell him again. The things which you do hear and see, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. This is everything that the Messiah was to fulfill. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, amen, has anointed me. And he's telling them, this is what I'm doing. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Blessed is he that doesn't stumble because of the path that I put them on. Because the trial you're facing while you're trusting me. Don't stumble. John had to just say, okay, God, that's that's all that's all I needed. I'll keep trusting you right here where I am. It doesn't seem fair, it doesn't seem right. I I, I should be here and I should do this. Stop. Don't be offended. Don't stumble. Just keep trusting me. And John 
went out of this world a martyr. John went out of this world because of his preaching and a nasty lady that told her daughter, get his head on a platter as a birthday gift for your dad when you dance. Help us, God. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, let me just read it to you. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. You're going to have to have a spirit that's strong in God to overcome your infirmity. A wounded spirit who can bear. That's that bitter spirit, that spirit that is just heavy. You carry it with you and others can feel it. Listen to me. you got to refuse. I don't want it. God... I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to let you fill me. I'm going to let you minister me, whatever I need. But I refuse to allow myself to be defiled by a wounded spirit. You're going to be wounded. But when that wound gets down in your spirit. Hello? When that wound becomes something you carry with you. You need God's help. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I refuse to limit myself, my life, by allowing the hurt that I've been through to identify me. I refuse to allow bitterness. I've seen those that have fought for God, worked for God, lived for God. Go through hard trials. And bitterness just begin to corrupt their spirit. Begin to just seep into every part of their lives. Their communication. Their attitude. Their, oh God, I can, can't afford it. Can't afford it. God's going to have to cast your cares upon Him. Because He cares for you. Let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to God. God, we love you, Jesus. I refuse to allow the tragedies in my life, the hurt in my life, to corrupt my soul. Here I am. 
strengthen us, Lord, that can draw us, Lord, just closer to what we need to be. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters facing the battle, facing the trials of life, facing the enemy, God, coming in and, Lord, just trying so hard to wreak havoc in our families, in our church, God, and, Lord, I pray that you just be a strength and a help to each one, God. Help us, Lord, to be overcomers in you, Lord, because... With us, it's impossible, but with you, all things are possible. God, I pray now you would just guide us today. Lord, keep us safe as we travel. Lord, keep us in your care, God, and shine your light through us, Lord. We love you. We thank you, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Amen.